And welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord. Hopefully my microphone is working a whole lot better than it was last episode. Sorry for that audio for everybody who caught that. Um, Amanda sounded a lot louder than me, probably because she's a lot better than I am. This um, is false. So, <laughs> I just no, definitely true. <laughs> all the time. It's it's like it's small dog syndrome, only it's for people, is how it works. So small dog, small dog. Yes. But Again, um, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. Um, I am one of your hosts, Maurice Jones. And again, with me, as always, per usual, the great supreme overlord of liberty, Amanda, out there in the People's Republic of California. How is it going? It's going well. I'm I'm feeling great because I'm finally now, if, if people could see video, I'm now back in cartoon character form. Um, so my hair is now very, very light blonde as it typically is. And I got the faux hot going. I found a fantastic salon in LA called Siren Salon. Masks optional. No one wearing a mask there. And so I highly recommend it. Um, but, uh, so that's the good part is I'm now a cartoon character, which is weirdly more human, uh, than I am typically, or than I am in my non-cartoon beta form. Uh, and then we had our recall uh, that wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't a recall. <laughs> that is correct. The only thing that, because everyone taught, and we were, you were saying this before the show, mm-hmm. that re- elections are always skewed. There's always some amount of voter fraud, I would say, in every direction. Exactly. Um, whether it's enough to push the election, I think is very, very unlikely one thing I will say, anecdotally, is because I went to vote in person because I wanted my first time to be special voting in California. So I went and I voted in person. And when while I was there, wasn't in there for very long, I heard multiple people coming up uh, to check in and saying that they had voted by mail and they wanted to cancel their mail-in ballot and vote in person. And they were allowed to do so. So just take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying this is a huge conspiracy. I'm just saying that maybe, and I don't think, again, that's that's not enough to steal an election, especially in a very, very blue state. Right. Uh, but that was really interesting to me, especially the fact that I heard it from multiple people over like a 10-minute period that I was inside. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, and like, I... I've learned not to trust um, trust elections for the for the longest time. Like I just mm-hmm, not going to do it. I don't trust them um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's I think 2020 exposed a lot of hopefully red pilled a lot of people about elections and how secure they are. They're not secure, mind you. Um, but I mean, just going back, I, I don't know. I I would pro- I probably got really skeptical of elections prior to me actually being able to vote. So I want to say it was the 2000 election, 2000 election when everybody was talking about what happened in Florida with those electoral votes and this that or the other. And I was just like, so they did a recount, and all of a sudden it, it shifted. Now whether or not, and, and I, I get it went to the Supreme Court and all kinds of stuff. Whether or not it actually switched or Bush won, Bush 43 won it uh, fair and square both times and they people just don't know how to count, I don't know. But when all that happened, I lost all kinds of faith in elections. I still voted thinking that I was going to make a change and my naive self finally learned when I was roughly mid-20s. I was like, ah, Maurice, you're voting. Oh, Okay. And then I think that's when the true the true uh, anarcho capitalist really came out. It was like, there's no point in me doing any of this. This is off or not. I'm done participating in this this uh, this game that that they like to have. That's not a knock on anybody who votes. Right. Not knocking anybody who votes because my wife gets mad at me when I tell her that I'm not going to vote, so she wants me to vote, and it's perfectly fine. My family still votes. I know a lot of anarcho capitalists who vote. Or whatnot. I just I determined that this last year was going to be my last year voting. Like I'm I'm, I'm done. Local elections, maybe, um, but that's 
the, because that's a lot. That's a lot closer to home. They really impact what I do, but not. So I'll vote for my local sheriff, who, by the way, did say come out with a thing. A little antidote for me. Uh, he did say antidote. And it, I can't even say it's anecdote. A, it's an antidote but, too. Yes, all the same. Um, he said that they are not enforcing these um, the the these COVID vaccine mandates within our county. Mazel so, tov, that's great. It, Yes, I'm, I was like, I did vote for that guy. I did vote for that guy. Um, I did have a, a small little libertarian tell me because uh, I just moved to the area. I was like, hey, like I, I need some help with some stuff. He goes, vote Bo. I was like, okay. He, he's like, look, I'm a small little libertarian. I'm not part of the party. This guy, he supports everything that we think liberty wise. And I was like, done. Of course, I did my research to figure out who this guy really was. But um, and and things have been great since for at, at least in our area. They don't enforce mask mandates. They don't enforce um, these COVID the, these COVID mandates with businesses and so forth and whatnot. So, for those who don't know, the sheriff is the most powerful person in in any vicinity. Yes, that is. Um, I'm, I'm talking the, the the sheriff can tell federal agents, "Hey, you're not welcome here," and they will, and they have no jurisdiction. Like l- legit. So, if you want somebody. Who can truly uphold for all of you Republicans out there? If you want to listen, and 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 you're like, hey, you want somebody who's really going to fight for you? Sheriffs, sheriffs, sheriffs should be your first and your last line of defense when it comes to the U.S. Constitution and so forth. Which is why you saw all of these counties becoming two A sanctuaries in Virginia when they turned blue, and you see that happening all across the area. Your governors can help a little bit. We'll discuss it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. They they Sorry. can help as as much as the as much as the federal government wants to with aid and so forth. But I'm interested to to, to, to see how that to see how that goes. Um, I don't think Amanda's uh, governor is going to help help too often in, in in her situation. No, he might help with my hair though. I don't know. Ah. Maybe. Because my hair is back to Amanda normal, and so maybe right. now I can rival Gavin with the good hair. It's very different from his, though. It has right. it has no no chill. His hair is entirely chill. Uh, um, uh, yeah, no, this is true though in LA as well. Uh, the LA County Sheriff Villanueva, uh, he is by no means uh, a Republican or Libertarian. Not at all. Um, and yet, when LA County uh, bureaucrats. Uh, you know, pass their mandates, uh, not elected officials passing their mandate. They, uh, or he came up with a statement and he said, you know what, I'm not going to enforce this. You defunded us and uh, I'm not going to focus on this unscientific law. So uh, as you say, kick rocks. Hey, kudos, kudos to him. Even though I don't like the guy, I don't right. like the guy at all. Whatnot, for a lot of reasons, but kudos to him. I'll give him, I'll give a, that's how you know I'm not biased. I give kudos to people on the left, people on the right. That villain, the wave of guy, does not care about your Second Amendment, even though I think the Second Amendment has been long trampled on for the longest time. But he doesn't care about that. But he does care about um, him being defunded and making sure that that the funds that he does have will go to meet the needs of citizens. So I'll give him kudos to that. Yep. Kudos to him. So, um, but... As we talk about COVID and as we talk about governors and 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 sheriffs doing their their, their diligence of protecting the Constitution, it seems as though um, the Biden administration is trying to do some things um, because some states are being some states are not falling in line as they should. So, uh, Amanda, you want to take us through this? Yeah. So. The administration, the the national administration has cut off monoclonal antibody supporters, limiting monoclonal antibody support uh, to Florida. And so this was an interesting story to me because I was not under the impression that the federal government was in charge of disseminating medical treatments to various states. I didn't think that was something that the federal government did. And I'm a little bit concerned that this is something, in fact, that the federal government does. And I would just like to say that uh, this is your health care on socialism. So, Definitely. 
a few months ago, it wasn't that long ago that uh, Florida began to roll out monoclonal antibody treatment uh, as a as a measure for treating COVID after people had contracted it, right? So it's not a precautionary measure. It's it's a it's a treatment after people have have contracted COVID. And there's a very small window of time during which you are able to benefit from monoclonal antibody treatment. Uh, after that window of time, it's not going to really help you. So I remember when this first came out, DeSantis was lampooned on social media for coming out with mm-hmm. this is another one of those weird, fatty, fraudish, like the next ivermectin, next generation of ivermectin, except this time it was expensive, right? So this is all mm-hmm. just a ploy to get to get money. I'm thinking, then I looked into it and it's it's free at Florida General Hospitals. It's, it's, it's when I say free, no cost to patients. Obviously, someone's paying for it, just like someone's paying for the vaccines. Right. But this is this is not going to cost patients. However, uh, now that it actually does come out that this is a very good and very helpful treatment, uh, the administration is revoking some of that support to Florida. They're citing equity concerns. There are a couple strange things about this. First of all, I feel like if I'm determining how to give, whether to give someone care or not, whether to give a state more care or a person more care. What I want to do is I want to look at severity. Mm-hmm. And if there are more cases in an area and there are more elderly people in an area, there are more at-risk populations in an area, I'm going to direct more treatment to that area than I am somewhere that doesn't have as many vulnerable people. Exactly. That seems like, I mean, equity in terms of the, the ultimate outcome, right, is more people alive. And so that's the, that's the concern about equity that we're aiming for. We want an equitable, uh, equitable outcomes, right? Right. And if that outcome is life, then we, we just switch. We just switched equity. Now, now equity, once again, is, is equitable policy. Right. But before it was all about outcomes, and I want, I want them now to do equity, talk about equity concerns with uh, children who are out of school, talk about equity concerns with different districts that are shutting down left and right because someone somewhere may have batted an eyelash in the direction of a sneeze at one point. Right. How about we, we address equity concerns with how public schools are implementing these policies? Which I'm a little bit nervous now because they might go in the wrong direction. Right. This seems like a, a, I mean, it's, it's evil and evil is a word that I don't use lightly. I, I really try not to use it uh, unless I truly mean it. It seems like a way to just stick a middle finger to Florida because they didn't play by the rules or not even mm-hmm. they, DeSantis, DeSantis didn't play by the rules. And so now Floridians have to die because someone's throwing a tantrum in the white house about how DeSantis didn't listen to what they right. wanted to do. Right. It's, uh, it, it's, it, it is sad when, when you, I don't put anything past the federal government. I don't put anything past government to begin with. And this is not my anti-government rate or on my anti-state rants or anything like that. But when, if, if you were to ask me, Hey, you know what, Maurice? Will will the U.S. government do do something to hurt people's lives in order to prove a point? If you'd asked me when I was eight, I said no. Now that you're asking me, twenty five years later, I'm like, well, definitely, they will definitely put people at risk for some sort of treatment that does work to to prove a point to somebody. And and. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, that is 100% wrong. Like if you are truly for the betterment of the people, then you would not look at this from an equitable, equitable standpoint and saying, oh, well, each state needs to get, you know, 30,000 doses when Florida and, and as far as their, their, their population of, of people becoming more, um, 
or people catching the Delta variant or, or people of, of they, their population is probably older than other states because we're Florida is a retirement state. Like people go there to retire. Like these are things that happen. And so if you're going to say, well, you guys can only get this much because Kansas needs the same amount of needs the same amount of doses, like that makes no sense. On so many levels, that makes no sense. It's this is why I I don't I don't like arguing like about equity. Like, oh, everything needs you know, hey, everything we all need to have equal outcomes. Like, oh, what? Like, no, that's not how this works. That's not how life works. And for you to go through and say, you know what, DeSantis, sorry, you haven't been following in line. So um, even though we thought you were stupid for doing this in the very beginning, now that this is actually showing some good. So having some good effect, we now need to take back some things, and we're we're going to control this at, from from a federal standpoint. We, the U.S. federal government, is going to control this because we believe in socialized healthcare. Even though I don't think everybody up there in Capitol Hill and and, and, every, and everybody in the White House believe in that. Um, partly because they they know what that looks like, and they don't want they they don't want their healthcare plans to be socialized. But this is what it looks like. It's okay. You know what? We're not going to give you everything that you need because we got to have so much more expire um, back there in the back because Kansas needed some, and we we didn't we wanted to make sure that they had the same dosage that you guys had. But and, and again, though, if you were really concerned about equal outcomes, then you would be giving more uh, more of the medication, more more of the antibodies to Florida. Because you what, would. what's the outcome? The outcome that you're looking for is is lives saved, right? So if you right. want more lives saved, you're going to direct more of this to the vulnerable populations. That was why when the concern was equity about vaccines, we were directing the vaccines. We were putting people who were more vulnerable first in line. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't understand how we suddenly flip the script unless we're being a little bit disingenuous here. Although I do love now, I guess, I guess the debate about two senators per state or, or, you know, senators per state is, is going to, uh, is, is going to go away now since every, you know, you got the same number of senators, every single state, just, just like, uh, just like these antibodies, it really is absurd. And you also see, I think Rand Paul was pointing this out this past week. Uh, Really, we should be talking while we're talking about vaccines and how fantastic they are. We should also be talking about how if someone does get COVID to very quickly go and seek these monoclonal, monoclonal antibody treatments, because this is in the interest of public health. Right. right. This is why. Why are we not talking about this? Why are we not saying, you know, within X days? Talk to your doctor. Get this because there is a small window of time. Why are we only talking about one kind of treatment if we're trying to save lives and there are certain interventions that can only be performed after the fact, after infection? Right. right. I, 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 I lost all hope with, with, with people telling them, um, with, with people get providing the right form of um, get with people being provided the right information to combat um, the SARS-CoV-2 and so forth. I lost all hope <clears throat> when they closed down the gyms. Right. And they literally discussed what the, the proof is in the pudding. Like, you know, the files are in the computer, like the whole Zoolander reference. Like, all literally, it is the, the information is there. I'm not, I'm not knocking people. But if you have pre-existing conditions, obesity is one of them. The, the 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 more overweight you are, the more likely you are to have a bad to, to have a bad dealing with COVID. When they started closing gyms and they started saying, oh, stay inside and don't go anywhere. That's when I knew they do not care about the American people when it comes to this, because the if studies literally show this affects people who are older. And by older, I mean, like life expectancy and, and older, older. So life expectancy in the U.S. is like 72, 73. So we're talking that age and older. It affects them, people with pre-existing conditions, and people who are overweight. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if we know this, and then all of a sudden you close the gyms, and you don't say, hey, guys, go out and be healthy. Go out and walk. Be active. Get some things going. When you, when you say, no, sit in your house. 
don't go anywhere. Like, like those are things where I'm like, okay, two things. One, either you truly don't know what you're doing or you don't care about people. Or it could be both. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing and I don't care about people, which I probably think is the, think is probably the 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 um the closest answer to to, the, to these politicians. They don't care about us and they don't know what they're doing, which is perfectly fine. But because because I don't I don't want them ruling my life anyway. But that being said, like I the, that's the big reason why we're not hearing about any, any other treatments. The only treatments that you hear are vaccines and masks. That is it. Vaccines, mask, vaccines, mask. And I and you don't even to the point to where they don't talk about people who have already had it and have been vaccinated. And so and, and now all of a sudden you're talking like, oh, well, you still need to be vaccinated. Like you don't nobody is following the science. Nobody is actually taking the time to look into numbers and understand, OK, you know what? What? Who are the who are the biggest? Who are the people who are mo- who mostly impacted? They are. And people, and I remember in the very beginning, people were talking about how SARS-CoV-2 is racist because it was att- it was attacking black people and so forth. Well, no, black people are typically overweight. They typically don't have the greatest eating styles. Like, and I can say that. I can. <laughs> like, like that's a fact. That's a fact. And for for reasons that I don't want to get into, and and as far as why why black people the black community people have arguments as to why the black community doesn't have as is not as healthy when it comes to their lifestyles and so forth and and where that stems from and how it stems from today and so forth and and um i got a text message this weekend on 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 we need to discuss that on an episode but in essence to another reason why i'm an ancap because of the food and drug administration and how much they allot to what's deemed as food what's deemed as, as that can be canned and so forth. All of these things, when you start talking about all these processed foods and so forth, and I'm not sitting here, I'm not preaching to anybody about how you eat in your lifestyle. I, I've, I'm i a healthy young man. I work out. I do a lot of things. But that being said, I eat junk food. I eat, I eat canned food every now and again. I eat some processed food. Like, that's fine. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and preach and preach to somebody like, oh, well, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, mm-hmm. and this is how to live your life. So, that's when I knew I'm like, you know what? I I don't trust the government for food. I don't trust the government for health reasons for health reasons and whatnot. Part of the biggest reason why I don't want socialized health care. Because I don't want the government telling me when I'm 65 that I can go ahead and die now because because you know what? You're too expensive to take care of. Like, and that's what this that's what all this leads to, especially when you have the government determining what the allocation of of treatments of a of a treatments to a virus like that that's that is it's more of my dystopian thought like oh my gosh we are already here and it's done and we're we're it's over right. I, black build life life is going to be bad run for the hills kind of thing which as long as we i mean it i feel like it's never at that stage as long as there are there are outlets for dissent, uh, no matter how right. small they may be, and no matter how right. difficult they may be to access, uh, there, right. there, it's it's no, it's not quite uh, that bad yet. And I think, although it it can easily be you know devolve into cronyism when you have uh, overregulation, capitalism can also save us in that regard. That you have uh, enough corporate interests that you know rely on competition that rely on multiplicity and plurality uh and and you have people who are who are interested enough in in producing various and diverse products and packages so i i I see capitalism when it's done correctly when it's done incorrectly it's cronyism which is antithetical to capitalism uh but I see capitalism as a, as a boon in, in that regard, but it is, it's uh, you know, that I don't think this was intentional, but I do think that the fact that everyone was told to cordon off in their homes and not exercise, mm-hmm. and not do this and that and the other for so long uh, contributing to a spike in deaths. Well, that was a really good way. It was a really convenient way to have that death rate spike prior to, yep. to the vaccination. And once again, I don't think this is intentional. I do think that it's it helps to escalate the panic uh, mm-hmm. so that vaccines, 
you know, seems seem like they should be mandatory and all that. Definitely. Definitely. So, but speaking of this vaccine and, uh, and, and everything that is going on. So, um, how did the, uh, did your emails go with the, uh, with the unions? I have, their response? <laughs> I have to say they, they, um, so yeah, they went well in so far as I did get a response that seems sort of like a little bit of copy paste, uh, from, uh-huh. from the person that I, that I emailed with regard to my grad union. However, it was a courteous response, uh, as I did expect, because I know this person mm-hmm. and they're a good person. Um, I, uh, also received a, a very, very generous reply from, uh, one of the, one of the co-organizers um, or representatives of the conference that I am now presenting at virtually, um, thanking me for my email and uh, and asking if they could uh, forward it to the executive director of, of mm-hmm. the association. And I said yes, as long as you you know make sure that everyone knows my quarrel is with the policy. It is not with anyone who is organizing this event. It is not with U.S. people. I object to the policy. Right. Um, and so that, I guess that happened. I have also discussed with my, uh, with one of the faculty members in my department who's been communicating with the grad students about, uh, masking guidance. Um, I, I, I sent him an email as well. And then I said, look, I know that you are not the arbiter of this policy. And I want to let you know that, uh, if I, you know, if I were a TA, and I'm not TAing this this coming year, but if I were a TA, um, I would not feel comfortable enforcing this, the the mandatory mask policy as written. Um, I would absolutely, and you know, I would have a zero tolerance policy for people who mocked people who chose to wear masks, and I would that would mm-hmm. be perfectly fine with me. But I would not feel comfortable enforcing this policy, and I went through the reasons. Uh, received a very kind response from him as well this morning. So. Again, these these are ways to to get your voice heard on the subject of, of the mask requirements. Uh, it is it is difficult to conceive of an off ramp for these policies, mm. and that is what worries me most at this point. Is that there's mm. people been vaccinated, uh, the people who haven't been vaccinated either don't want to. I haven't heard a single person who hasn't been vaccinated say you should wear a mask to protect me Um, or they are under 16 and they are at statistically no risk for even severe COVID symptoms. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's like saying you need to wear a mask to, to prevent children from, from getting colds. Well, no one wants your kid. Well, no, it's not fun if you're a kid to have a cold and it's not fun to be a parent of a kid with a cold, but we we're that's the level of of risk that we're talking about here mm-hmm. um and there are also most countries around the world are not masking children it's They're not and and in fact the cdc revised its guidance on masking children after the teachers unions came in and said you need to revise your guidance on this and that Again, these are not medical professionals. These are not doctors. I thought we were trusting the experts. Here. These are these are paying subscribers. Right. <laughs> these these are right. shareholders. If you want to get into it, except they're shareholders. Uh, but you can't get out of the company. You can't right. get out of purchasing things from the company. So right. now your child's future is being regulated by a shareholder. And you, there's not much of an exit for from the corporation unless you have bukus of money to send your kid to private school, or you've got right. enough time on your hands to homeschool your kid. So I started thinking, what is the exit ramp? How does this? How does the mass policy abate? So mm-hmm. on the one hand, you you do you could have mass exodus where people just exit the systems. Mm-hmm. You could have lawmakers maybe because they're scared of the midterms or maybe after the midterms and they get replaced start overturning some of this guidance or or, or right. overturning these states of emergency uh you could have um 
just on the more district level and on the level of the universities, for instance, maybe a relaxing of these policies, or you could have a de facto relaxation of these policies. You could have teachers just on enforcing, you could have professors saying, oh, I'm tenured. Okay, so what are you going to do? If you don't want to wear a mask in my classroom, you don't have to. So I'm starting to think now, what is the most likely uh, means of return to sanity in this regard? I wanted to know your thoughts. So I, when, 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 when I was going over this prior to the show, I thought, um, I don't know how other states work, but in the state of Texas, you, school districts get money based off of attendance. The more students you have attending, the more money you get. If you have, if you don't have a whole lot of students attending, a lot, whole lot of students that are absent, then you actually get less funding from from the from the federal government mm-hmm. and, and 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 so forth from 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 all of these things. So again, I don't know how other states work, but this is how Texas works. Right. So if I were if if I were a parent and my child was going to a school that said, "Hey, um, here's what we're going to do," uh, you know, like like you guys are ha- going to have to wear a mask in order to come, and and you. A lot, a lot of students, I will say, this kind of has me. I know I mentioned black field earlier, but this kind of has me a little white field. Like I'm, I'm starting to see like like maybe there's into this. I'm starting to see a lot more of these students in the high schools actually standing up to their administration and saying, "Okay, like, um, so you're telling me that if I refuse to wear a mask, you're going to you're going to have the police escort me off of campus and trying to get them into like to like the um, the administrators to say something." And if they don't say it, then they just go back to class. Mm-hmm. But but what I want to see happen is I want to see a parent of these students organize the entire school district and say, if you are a parent who does not want to do this, then for these specific weeks, we're not having our kids go to school. Like no. they're going to be absent. No. Um, we will teach them at home. They can do this, that, or the other. They are going to be absent because when you have half of your student body out, I guarantee you administrators start to freak out. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, why is this? If the administrators aren't freaking out, I guarantee that superintendent is. Those superintendents are because they're like, oh, we may lose some funding. We may lose some money here. We may lose some money here. So they may, in turn, go to the board and say, hey, look, like we're, this is our third week in a row of, 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 of us being down in attendance. And if you do it, here's a little here's a little trick. OK, we we're doing the um, I, I want to say it's at the the second or third week in October there. Like this is a redistricting year for, for, for Texas, for Texas schools. So they take a snapshot of the of the school attendance on a specific day. And so if your numbers are down, then then. When it comes the very next year in February, they say, oh, you are now classified as this. So you get funding for this size mm-hmm. of a school. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to do that on, on that level, you could really make an impact local. You could even get, get with some teachers. I guarantee you in your school districts, you have teachers that can use two, three, four weeks because they have 150 days to use because they're getting ready to retire and so forth. Teachers who would say, you know what? Y'all give me two weeks off. Y'all pay me a hundred dollars a day or whatnot. I'll teach whatever these students need to need to learn for whatever, for whatever exam at this specific location. And so everybody that go, they don't show up. And then, Oh, well, we'll call truancy officers. No, 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 no. You can't. The parents are okay with it. Parents are okay. With it, at least here in state of Texas. Now I don't know other, other States and, and, and how they work. But mm-hmm. if I, as a parent is saying, Hey, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. They're all good with that. And so now you as a as a parent, as an individual, as a student, have the ability to actually stick it to the superintendent and the school board and say, whatever you guys are forcing us to do, we're not going to do. I mean, and it's it's one of those. And and I get it. Like a lot of parents are so. Crutched by the public, by by public school of, hey, it's a it's a babysitter. Mm -hmm. It's one it's, it's some of those things that I can't afford to do this. I can't I can't I can't. But if your community got together and you had a few parents who were actually able to take that day off and work with the students and you had some teachers who were able to do that, you can make a huge impact. 
you would show something to, to that school board, to those superintendents, to, to whoever is in that school district of, hey, look, we mean business. And if you the quickest way to get somebody to change is to hit them in their pocketbook. Yeah. And attendance is one of the biggest ways to do that. Yeah. No, I, I thought I've thought before that like parents need a union, honestly. They do. Yeah. Yeah. They do. They I, don't I, 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 I don't I don't think people understand the power that they have when it comes to their when it comes to their school district. And with their students, if your student is not attending, if you're if your kids aren't graduating, if you're um, if if you're not getting the right the right scores within a school district and so forth, that affects the funding of the school. Mm -hmm. It affects the status of the school district. Like, and if you start affecting them with that, I guarantee you they will change their ways because superintendents don't want to lose their jobs. School board members want to be reelected like all these people want to stay. It's a popularity contest. They want to be popular. They like, oh, you know, they'll say like, oh, you know what? Well, we're just looking out for the best interest. No, you're not. You're just trying to keep your job. Right. That's what it is. And I, mean, I saw I know I wandered through TikTok and, and I just I saw one of the most horrific things that I've ever seen. You're talking about the kid. This, yes. Yeah. Pulling off the mask. The kid couldn't be no more than three years old at daycare. And sitting there, and they're like, hey, we got to put the mask on. And the kid's like, no, pulls the mask off, puts it on his head, keeps pulling off. And and whoever's with them is like trying to get them in their teacher baby-ish way. Oh, no, peekaboo with the mask on. We're not playing peekaboo right now. This, that, the other. I'm like, the kid does not, the kid is not comfortable with the mask on. Why are you trying to force this kid to have something on his face? That is no benefit to him. Right. That's the None whatsoever. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Is so uh, with with this video too. First of all, this kid is my hero. The kid's my yes. hero because in the video he does not once relent. Like there's nope. no that when it ends, he's still taking it off. He's yep. still taking it. Off. And this this is like a two three minute video. So mm -hmm. this he keeps on resisting, and I'm like this. I love this kid. You know, we we should have adults need to be more like this. Um, <laughs> And at one point, I read a couple points, it looks like the kid is actually being harmed. Like, because the, the woman or whomever uh, takes the mask and sort of snaps it back on. And if yep. you had a mask and snapped it, it does, it does hurt. It's painful. Yeah. Um, especially like with your ears. Um, but so people are commenting, do no one, these people who are upset have never had, obviously never worked with kids. You kids cry over everything. You kids cry when they're, when they have to finish their milk, you know, and it, but you, you landed on something, which is, yeah, you know, kids cry when they're going to the doctor, for instance, the need to go to the doctor. Kids cry when you're making them do something that they need to do because it helps them or because it's mm -hmm. necessary for them. Masking does not help your child. In fact, it is damaging to the child more so than having the child unmasked, especially for young kids who need to see mouths moving. They need to see full faces, especially for kids who have who are uh, have developmental delays and who need yep. these coach and who need this coaching. Um, most countries aren't masking kids. Uh, which is something that I guess people don't know. I had another one of my moments where, yeah, you know, like my my policy for commenting on Twitter is if if there's enough of a a diversity of people in the in the comments or who are following, then I'm like, okay, I can do some talking points here so I can reach some people. And right. so I, I did have a back and forth with someone on Twitter about this, and they were not aware that in most countries of the world, they're not masking children, mo mostly just children at all, but especially under five. Right. And the case for masking, the scientific data are not at all clear. Not at all clear. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, Matt, the, the, the case for masking period is not clear. Right. Let alone <laughs> masking kids that, that by, by all means, especially kids who haven't developed their bodies have like, you think about how small you are when you're five years old and you're, I mean, you have baby teeth. Let's be like, you have baby teeth. You can't even, you don't even know words. Like, like 
you may you, you don't even understand the concept of a mask and they're telling you to put this on i mean just so you were just, like you're not even close to being fully developed i mean heck men probably don't, aren't really fully developed until they're like 27 <laughs> 28 like i don't know if i, I mean, ever fully developed quite frankly yeah I, I mean you you ask my wife i'm i'm nowhere close to being fully developed i still got a lot more to do and i'm in my 30s like i mean so it's it's one of those things of of like you you the the detriment that you were doing to a child and my wife is always going to be like she goes, you you mentioned me a whole lot on there cuz i do cuz i love her <laughs> but she works with special needs kids can you imagine working with a special needs kid who is nonverbal, trying to communicate them with a mask, communicate with them with a mask on your face. Like that is one of the most difficult things that you can do. Like almost to the point to where, because because when she was, when she was at the school, she had to have some sort of face covering. She wouldn't got like a little face shield so they could see her. So she could interact with them like that. Those are, those are big. That's a big deal. Being able to sit, read lips and facial expressions and stuff like it's why do kids love peekaboo so right. much? Peekaboo so much like the facial expressions that you give, they get so excited because they, they learn off of these things. And you're sitting here trying to put a mask on and stunt their growth. I am so, so, so I'm not looking forward to 20 years from now, 15 years from now, when we have to deal with this generation who has grown up with masks on their face. Mm. And then all of a sudden they grow up to the world and they don't know how to communicate with facial expressions. You think RBF is bad now. Like imagine being in the interview and you have RBF and you're just, and they're just looking at you like, what, like, why are you looking like that? And they're like, this is my natural face. Like I'm okay. And they're like, no, can you smile? Why do you, why do you need me to smile? Like, because they're so used to having their face covered that they don't understand facial expressions are a key form of communication. Right. Right. When you go to a foreign language, well, foreign language. When you go to a foreign country and you don't speak the language, they can see your facial expressions. Are you confused? Are you happy? Are you sad? Do you look like a tourist? If if yes, does it look like you need help? They will do people. That's how people communicate. Outside of math, facial expressions is a is a universal language. Like people need to understand these things. But all of a sudden, they're like no, that all that has gone out the window, and we want to use some some not. We want to use studies that don't even provide evidence that masks work. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we want to force that on our kids. The, to me, it's child abuse. It is 100% child abuse. And now, and I'm not saying that we're taking people's kids and so forth and whatnot, but that's how I look at it. If you were going to put your kid in a mask and they don't want to be in one and they're not comfortable in it and it does not do any good for them right. and their bodies, they shouldn't be in it. It's child abuse. It's more detrimental than it's helpful. And and I especially yes. think about kids with ASDs, autistic spectrum disorders, mm. where when you have a child who is on the autistic spectrum, again, this is like the monoclonal antibodies. There's a small period of time. The first few years of life are really critical. And there's a small window of time during which they can get coaching during which they can get developmental and language and speech coaching. And mm -hmm. that shapes, uh, uh, in, in many instances, where on the spectrum they're going to end up developing too. I ended the sentence with a preposition. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> to where, toward which point on the, okay, whatever, Amanda. Um, it, if you have a mask covering your face, and especially if you're not even allowing children to interact, with with teachers and adults on a, on a regular basis you're not you're that you you're failing a generation of of kids like mm. there are there are children who were born within like i guess not the past couple of years but a few years before that and if they have ASDs, they're in a much, much more difficult position than they would have been if they were born five years ago, 10 years ago. Yep. So that is, it's, it's, it's really worrying to me. Um, and mm. then to be, to be accused of not caring about kids because we right. want to take kids or not take kids masks off, but to have the option to not wear masks. To not wear a mask. Yeah. Right uh is just it baffles me it, it's it it's it's sickening to me mm -hmm. it's 
it's, it's one of those things of like, you think that what, do you not understand the micron level of SARS-CoV-2? And you think some little bandana yeah. cloth mask that you got at Old Navy or whatnot is supposed to is supposed to keep you safe from from that. Like the only thing it stops is spit. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong. And and yes, if you want to talk about you know like if it's clumped up and your mucus and so forth, I get that. But let's be real. If you like, who coughs? What grown human being? coughs and sneezes directly into somebody's face where they're not being disrespectful. Well, but that's, like most of the time, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, that's the thing is now we're not, you're, if you have kids wearing masks all the time, what are they doing? They're going to sneeze in their masks. They're not going to cover their right. mouths when they sneeze, their mouths are already covered. So you've got an exactly. entire generation of kids who's just going to be sneezing like, on everyone. Right, everywhere. You want to know what I learned? I learned the Dracula method. Dracula wears a cape and Dracula sneezes into his, yes, yeah. literally. You you we you teach kids to be superheroes. Superheroes with their capes. This is how you sneeze into your armpit. You cover your cape covers your face. Like that's how you teach yeah. kids. Like, so and to this day, I, every time I sneeze, I'm always going into my elbow. If if I don't have anything and I'm and I'm afraid, like oh snap, like something's coming or whatnot, and I'm need my hands, I go into my elbow, take care of that, and I and and then I'm like, okay, where's my hand sanitizer? Because I know yeah. everybody's gonna freak me out. I may have just coughed on my hands. Okay, whatever. Wash my hands, sanitize my hands, and then move on. Like, that's naturally how people should function. If you weren't washing your hands three years ago, you're nasty. Like, if you weren't using hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, light bulb for those who, those who don't understand. Hand sanitizer was not invented in the past 18 months. I love We have that. had hand sanitizer forever. I do too. I Bed, bath, and beyond. Or I'm sorry, Bath and Body Works, Bed Bath yeah. and Beyond. I'll have to edit there that one too. out. Bath and Body Works, man, mahogany teak wood. That is my scent. They got this one. They got some like 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 a bourbon one. It is awesome. They got like like this black teak wood. Phenomenal scents, man. For great hand sanitizer, I'll take it. I do my hand sanitizer once or twice. Then I need to go wash my hands because after that, hand sanitizer is not as effective if you haven't been washing your hands. Yeah. Just in case you guys didn't know that, okay? So, just, just, I just want to let everybody know: hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer has been around for a while, okay? So you should have been using it pre twenty twenty. You should have been washing your hands pre twenty twenty, okay? Don't sit here and say like, "Oh, now we got to wash our hands." You should have been doing it prior because if you haven't. That's nasty. I, I did Sorry. love when, 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 you know, all of this first hit, like all of the different discussions about how to wash your hands. Like, wow, this is not rocket science. With soap and water, man, I was, I was using oil and lemon juice. Just, no, but I, I liked the boutique hand sanitizers. I do dig them. I do too. But I also, I don't know. I just, I kind of like the institutional grade smell of Purell. Like I was so happy. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I had been checking every few weeks for when Purell was going to come back in mm -hmm. stock on Amazon. And when it finally yeah. did, I was like, give it to me. Yes. Give it to me now. So shout I'm out weird. to Purell. I like it too. Yeah. Shout out Purell, whatever you got up in there. Yeah. Smells good. Yep. I, I just, I just love that scent. I even if it's the not like, like, so I, I mean, like I said, like um, Bath and Body Works, anytime their stuff is going on sale, we load up. It just happens. But Purell, just that scent, the original, not not the non-scented. It's got to be the clear. Can't right. be the green. Right now. Not the green one. Yeah. I want the clear one. It's just, whoo. I mean, it's just great. It's just great. So sorry about my hand sanitizer rant and everything, but I'm just like, I like for some reason, it's just crazy. I mean, and and maybe because I took, I, I worked in retail and I, I worked in a lot of food right. in the food industry and so forth. So they, they taught us how we needed to wash our hands and, and making sure. But I learned that in high school. I took a cooking class in high school. Hey, sing the happy birthday song or do the ABCs or something. And when you get to the end, you should be done washing your hands. Make sure you get under your nails, so forth. Make sure you do all that. or what? I mean, so I learned back when I was 15 years old how to wash my hands. I learned when I was three how to wash my hands. Make sure you clean in between in between your 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 fingers and your knuckles and 
all the whole webbing and stuff like that. Get all of that or whatnot, and then you move on. Like I, I, it, it, I, I think at that point, I've over the past eighteen months, I've lost hope in humanity, and then gained hope in humanity, and lost hope. And it's been a roller coaster ride yeah. for me. But when I learned that people really didn't know how to wash their hands, I was like, oh, we're doomed. Like, like if 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 this is if this is something that literally can take us out because we're not washing our hands, come on now. Like this, mm, there's no hope for humanity because we don't know how to wash our hands anymore. So, but the moral of the story is that when the masks come off the kids, they're now going to be sneezing all over everyone because they never learned to sneeze like Dracula. <laughs> exactly with the cape, Superman. There it is. There it is. So um, we got about ten minutes. You, you want to have a brief discussion really <laughs> over over, over some, some some Bitcoin so, on, 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 on a light note. Sure. Yeah. So the, but for those who, who aren't aware, the way that the show Sausage gets made is like, we'll just post random stories into a Google Doc for, <laughs> for every new episode. But then when I do the turnover, I recycle. St- so I don't delete stories usually. So you just right. had sitting in there, Bitcoin is legal currency in El Salvador. <laughs> And so this came, this is like the beginning of the month. And so now we're finally talking about Bitcoin being legal currency in El Salvador. Um, yeah, and, and a day on a, a day on which the market is not doing too well, too. I'm now at the point where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a dip. And, and then you buy. Um, and it, this, again, not legal advice uh, or sorry, not definitely not legal advice, also not financial advice. Um, right. But for me, I'm continuing to hold and, in fact, bought a little bit more because um, these things are transient. Unlike sure. inflation. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bitcoin is, for those who are not aware, now legal tender in El Salvador, which uh, the day on which this occurred, as anyone who buys the news and sells the event or buys the rumor and sells the news knows, Bitcoin went down on the day that Bitcoin became legal currency in El Salvador. Um, also, you know, international banks are declining to help El Salvador implement uh, this new this new policy, which I have no idea why they would do that. We, we've discussed in the past why decentralized finance is a threat to a, a global, globally interconnected, financially interconnected system where relations of power are denominated in debt-based currency. Uh, but it just bears repeating that this is this is an interesting development, and I'm excited for El Salvador. Uh, but uh, it's 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 very interesting to see how different things are are, are you know behave in, in the aftermath as well. Right, right. And we did um, we we did have an episode. I want to say it was like episode four. We had a couple five, yeah. Where 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 we talked about um, you know, decentralized currency and, and cryptocurrency and so forth. Because I and, and I know we talked about one with, with when Bill Maher went and Jose Rant yes. about um, that was the OK Boomer yep um episode of Bill Maher went on his on his rant about cryptocurrency and just showing that he has no idea what he's talking about. Um, but I, I there I I'm hoping that El Salvador does very well with. Yeah. Um, partly because because I, I I want to see this grow and 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 I I see why why other banks aren't aren't helping with this because they know that that if they do this there are fractional reserve currency and and so forth that we're doing it's it's the beginning of the end mm-hmm. um, if if this does well um, now again El Salvador is is a very small country, so I'm not I'm not saying that that if you scale that to a size of the United States, that it will work just the same because it probably won't. Um, currency because was that I said currency competition might, but right currency competition yes, but but I'm Bitcoin specifically. Yeah. Um. So you it it, it would it, it wouldn't necessarily scale up the same way that 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 it would in a small in a smaller country. That but that being said. You would have other people who, since Bitcoin wouldn't be able to scale up on a national level, you would have your others come in like your was like Ethereum and your mm-hmm. your Litecoin or whatever else is out there can come in and build up the areas where Bitcoin couldn't take in, which would be a great thing. Yeah. So but banks would know and governments would know that, hey, 
I wouldn't be able to control my currency as much if everybody is using these. I wouldn't be able to press a button or to hit enter or to do whatever and and all of a sudden put trillions of dollars into the economy and take trillions of dollars out of the economy, which never happens. Or another nation's um, economy. So exactly. So I wouldn't be able I, I would have zero. I would have very little influence over the way um, the the currencies are, are, are done across the world. And governments don't want to give up any power. We, we, we've seen that over the past 18 months. The more the more power you give them a government, the less they're willing to relinquish it. Um, and, and it's and it's 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 one of those things of of like El, El Salvador is 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 trying to become the Florida of the world, I guess you could say. But I'm all, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I, um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm ready for the next generation of God. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the next generation of uh, of small superpowers that are these, I, th- I guess, uh, South American countries. And then there are also some African countries that are kind of leading yes. the way on this. But I was yes. going to say, and I, I really do think that these might be the next, uh, they're very small, uh, but mm. these could be superpowers because of what yeah. they're doing now. You might hear about more and more people moving to El Salvador to these startup cities in Honduras. Um, exactly. And I was also going to say that this this is another area where true decentralized capitalism saves us because we've already got so much institutional buy-in ha 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 that because (laughs) the government moves so slowly they didn't see the threat until after all the hedge funds and all the market players were like hey this is a good deal so now they have to deal with the consequences of failing to recognize that this was a threat and now these hedge funds aren't gonna aren't going to stop doing this. There's right. No, you, you can't, you can't, you can't even bribe them in your inferior currency to do, to, to, to give up their investments. So right. makes me right. happy. Definitely. So um, we'll end that on a light note. Um, El Salvador back. was that? Um, I know I'm about to date this podcast, which is a bad thing, but 13 days ago, September 7th, excuse me, officially made Bitcoin a currency within that country. So it's a good thing. At least in, in our opinion, it's a good thing. Hopefully great things come come from this as well too, depending on how other countries want to react. But I think I, I, I think a lot of a lot of people will want to move there to to figure out to figure out Bitcoin and really study Bitcoin a lot more to make it happen. But um again, so we want to thank you guys so much for listening, listening, listening. We continue to grow every single week. Thank you guys. Please, please, please share the show with a friend or family member, or whoever you feel like should listen to these episodes. Maybe it's some crazy lefty who doesn't quite understand how, uh, why COVID um, should be a a uh, an option and not mandated. Share it with them. Maybe it's somebody who voted for uh, who voted to not recall Gavin with the good hair, um, and 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 share that with them. Then you they can hear Amanda's story. Maybe it's somebody who lives in the state of Texas that is close to me and needs to hear about how we need to band together to make sure that these schools are held held in check for these mandates and so forth. Um, But share it with a family member or friend, whoever you feel like needs to hear this. Um, Leave us a rating and review on Apple, please, 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 please. Five stars if you feel like it's worth it. I know it's worth it because we are worth it. We are great. We are awesome. Um, This is the notorious BLG um, the notorious Black Liberty guy. Oh, that's what it stands supreme, for. Yes, Black Liberty guy. Yes, <laughs> and the supreme overlord of liberty. So not everybody knows, but that was a nickname that was given to me because I was on like five different. I mean, like five different like liberty groups. And they're like, dude, Maurice, they're always talking about you. Black so Liberty guy. Um, okay. Exactly. Uh, so so notorious BLG always here. Uh, follow us on Spotify wherever you catch these podcasts. Please, please, please share with us. Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, on on, on our personal accounts and our um, and our civil discord um, podcast accounts as well. Too, we will link those in the show notes. Please, please, please do all of that. Um, hold up, I want to give a quick shout out to everybody in this Texas area. So, for those of you guys who don't know, Texas last week was actually hit with a hurricane, Category One. You guys may think it was nothing, but we didn't have school for an entire week because of the area. We didn't have power and so forth. 
So if you were listening and you were in that area, um, I hope that you guys farewelled in that, that the, that the worst thing that happened was the no power, that everything else is, um, that you guys' lives are okay, your family members and, and friends are safe and okay. I will not make light of any situation that anybody goes through. Um, and it was, it was supposed to be a tropical storm and then last minute turned into a hurricane. So those are always the scariest ones. Quick always shout scariest out, ones. quick shout out too to everyone in the Los Angeles area who experienced a pretty strong, strongest earthquake I've ever experienced in Los Angeles. I'm usually pretty good with earthquakes. This was the one, uh -huh. the only time I've had, I felt an earthquake building was waving and I'm on the eighth floor. I actually got down to the floor and, and grabbed, oh, wow. grabbed the leg of my desk. So, wow. Uh, congratulations. Yes. You survived. Mazel tov. Shout out to y'all. Wonderful. Thanks. Yes. Yes. So, um, but again, do all of those things. Leave us a rating and a review. Please, please, please subscribe, comment, like us, follow us on all forms of social media. If you do all of that, we'll be back. We will be back again next week with your, with your weekly dose of radical curiosity. As always, y'all be easy. And stay fierce.